right. Well, um, if it's all right with everybody else, I think it's time we get into our top three games, maybe, if we haven't already covered them. Oh, yeah, we should probably just start talking about the heavy hitters because there are a few that we need Which to might take we will a probably talk about <laughs> at length. <laughs> oh! Oh, excuse me, that caught me off guard. Sorry. What? <laughs> what oh, I don't know happened? if you heard. I, I sneezed, but oh, it kind of came out of nowhere. Sorry. Uh, Discord actually cut that out for us, so we didn't oh. have to hear. <laughs> oh, well, when you, when you edit well, this, I, you'll, I, you'll hear it. <laughs> I have a feeling there will be some overlap in our top list. Most, uh, yeah, most likely, because I know well, what your I, number I, one is, King K. I only um, have uh-huh. two games that I would say are like my favorites that came out this year. Um, but before I, before we get like too, too into that, uh, there were two games that came out this year and like, they're not like stuff that I have a whole lot to say about. Um, but I, I do think like for me, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, they remade the two Famicom mystery detective games. Oh that yeah. Were, like, yeah. So I thought that was really cool, um, and I played through the second game, because the second game is supposed to be like a prequel to the first game, so I played that one first. Um, and they also brought the, uh, I, th- I think this came out in like 2018 in arcades, but uh, you guys ever played like any of the Cruisin' games, like the racing games before? Oh, like Cruisin' USA? Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. heard of them. Yeah, they uh, they brought one of the arcade games, which I th- again, like I think it came out in arcades in 2018, but it's now on the Switch, and it's actually a lot of fun. Um, and you know, there's not a lot I can say about it because like it's an arcade racing game, and the Famicom Detective, whatever it's called, it's a visual novel game, and there's only so much you can really say about it. But like what I can appreciate about it, and this is something that I've really liked with Nintendo so far is that it seems like every single year there's like a franchise that hasn't had a game in like maybe like in, in a few years that gets something you know it's like we Nintendo has definitely been tapping into their lesser IPs a lot more recently than they have been with the 3DS and the Wii U and this is something that I've been wanting to happen for a while and again another point and we kind of talked about this a little bit is how Advance Wars is coming out next year i think that's pretty cool uh we can talk about this later too. Metroid, like that came back in a big way. Um, like I was saying earlier, it kind of gives me hope that maybe we could see Golden Sun come back in some way, shape, or form, you know, in a good way, anyways. Um, so, like, again, like I don't really have a lot to say about those two games, period, but like I, I want to just kind of like bring up the fact that like I think it's really cool and I really do appreciate it when Nintendo, like, even though they may not sell the most. It's like they're still given like the smaller IPs or the lesser known stuff some time to shine. That's something that I've always like I've been wanting to see like for years. And so it's nice to see it actually happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I care about the I small agree. stuff. I agree. So do we want to talk about Halo? Yeah, well, what do we want to do for like <laughs> yeah, a lot of like, options how the, here? How the fuck know. do we even organize this? What are well, if if it helps, I only ever played the multiplayer for Halo. I haven't gotten to play the campaign yet. Okay. And I, so I've played the multiplayer and campaign, but I have not beat the campaign, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, the, this discussion might be a bit... Scattershot. Yeah, but we've all at least played it. Yeah. I guess. Well, so did you want to do... Do you want to just talk about, like... I don't know how you want to do this. Well, why don't you guys talk about the multiplayer first? 
Have yeah, you not played the multiplayer okay. XO? No, because I I could not give less of a fuck. I'm only into these games for the campaigns, and that is it. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> the multiplayer is... Like, I've been having a pretty damn good time with it. There are a lot of issues with it. Um, I'll probably just get those out of the way, because I, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's kind of straightforward. It's like... The bad stuff is like the pay to win, not even pay to win. Is you, even if you pay, you don't get much of anything from the battle pass. Honestly, it's more so the progression sucks. Yeah, you know, it's like well, when it, it's like you. There's nothing in the battle pass, and even the stuff you do get sucks ass. Even if you pay, and you get it at such a slow rate that it's just like it's possibly one of the most, one of the worst implemented kind of battle passes i've seen in a game where like you just don't really there's no incentive to do anything with it there's Mm -hmm. not even really an incentive to pay because when you pay you get some stuff but like there's just almost nothing in the battle pass you know what i mean like it's just kind of like well the thing is with halo or one of the appeals for halo for me anyways was like the customization for your spartan so like when you walk away all of the really cool armor pieces that were from Halo Reach, you lock that behind a paywall, and then like, oh yeah, don't worry, you can get uh, other armor uh, in the battle pass once when you reach like level 50, have fun grinding that shit, you know? Yeah, because like for reference, it every time, like, I'm only like level uh, 10, and I've been playing the multiplayer more than I've been playing the campaign for like, it's been weeks i've been playing the multiplayer it's a very very slow progression mm-hmm. and it sucks because in halo 3 and reach one of my favorite parts of those games was customizing the armor um it was really cool i liked in uh halo 3 was a little more simple where you just kind of had like um armor there there weren't that many armor types but they were all really cool looking and different and then reach had like a really big system of armor pieces that you could mix and match and stuff. And I think the Master Chief collection has an even broader customizable thing. Like they added a lot more armor stuff to that. Yeah, it's still that a battle pass with all though. the games. Yeah. But even that is like better than whatever this is, which mm-hmm. just sucks. <laughs> like I can't make my Spartan. There's like no options that I have other than to make like my battle rifle red which I actually got from the campaign, not even the battle pass. So I was going to my Spartan just looks like a bog standard fucking. uh, I don't know. (laughs) It can't do any customizable things. So I don't know. There's stuff in the campaign that you can unlock, but most of it honestly is just like symbols that you put on your armor or like the red battle rifle I got. They're really not that exciting. I was hoping that they would be more exciting because it's really cool that you can find them in the campaign and use them in the multiplayer, but they're they're not that big a deal. They're not as big of a deal as I would have thought. I thought you could get like cool different armor from the campaign, but I haven't seen that yet. Maybe you get it later. I'm not done with it, but... Yeah, I of course did not play the multiplayer at all, so I don't know what the Mjolnir lockers even do <laughs> what you get. Uh, yeah. So, but I I did want to mention that that was a thing there. You you can't unlock cosmetics in the campaign, like you said. But like, 
In terms of the multiplayer itself, it's really damn fun. Like the the weapons are all pretty cool. There's like maybe one or two that are bad, but like that's every Halo game basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the I've been having a lot of fun with all the weapons. The new weapons that they've added are really cool. I like the um. I I don't know if any of these were in five actually, so I can't say if like uh, I can probably answer that for you. Well, all the weapons are in the campaign, so like, are there any f- that were from five that you know? Uh, like, I think the Hydra launcher. No, that was in four. I think. Uh huh. Um. Well, I, I like like the stalker rifle. Was that in like I'm, anything else? I. It has been years since I. Well, actually, I played Halo Five like last year during Thanksgiving for some goddamn reason, but uh. Hmm. From my recollection, that game had beam rifles. And yeah, I'm well, sure the, the beam rifle. <laughs> yeah, the beam rifle is different because the beam rifle is essentially just like the Covenant sniper rifle, whereas like the stalker rifle is like you have to hit people several times in the head, but it's still a sniper because you. It's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of like the carbine, but like more powerful. And it has yes. a scope that's I, I I really like the system because you have to vent it early to uh get a shorter vent than if you just spam the button to kill like I don't know. I find that interesting. There's a lot of weapons that are like that that have some interesting like ways to shoot people, I guess is the yeah, way you did. describe that. Um What is the fucking uh, I of course, you got like your old favorites, like the Gravham and Energy Sword and all that stuff, and the Battle Rifle. And but then you get to play around with like the what's that? The Cinder Shot. I think that's really yeah. fun in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fun in the campaign as well. But it's kind of weird that they 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 have hard light based weapons in the game, like Forerunner weapons, but none of them yeah. were the ones from four and five. Hmm. Like, there was a shotgun Forerunner weapon in 4 and 5. I think it was called the Scattershot. Uh, and I remember it being pretty different yeah. from the one in this game. And obviously, none of them share the same name, so. But, more than the weapons, the fucking grapple hook. My mm, god. Yes. That thing is... I mean, I use it more in the campaign, because in multiplayer, you have to pick it up on the map. They don't, you don't just spawn with it. Which kind of sucks, but, I mean, I get why they did it. Yeah, um, but the grapple hook, man, is like, <laughs> so in multiplayer, it's fun because like, you if you learn the map layouts, it's easy to figure out like how to get across the map quickly and take people off guard. So it's fun for that reason. But you know, I I, I don't know, it, it's, it works really well in the sense that there's a lot of like momentum to it if you position yourself correctly. And especially in the campaign. You can just like, sometimes you can rocket off a wall and just slide when you hit the ground and you just fly. You just go really fucking fast and it's amazing. And you can do that in the multiplayer to some extent too. And it just makes things like really kinetic and cool. And it's the most fun I've had with Halo multiplayer in a long, long time. So, because I usually just play the campaigns these days, but yeah, I think it's it's hard to like there's not a lot to i don't know ryan if you've got what your input is there with the multiplayer Um, i mean you're kind of nailing it on the head i mean for me it's also like i've 
I didn't like Halo Five, so it's like well, nobody it didn't, did. Yeah, because of yeah. course it didn't feel like Halo. So it's it's refreshing to have Halo come back like this. That's yeah. It's refreshing. I think the multiplayer definitely feels. This is a hard concept to describe without feeling it, but it feels a little more Halo than Five did. M four like it feels more like Halo three or reach like maybe a blending of the two with its own like additions that make it unique Mm -hmm. so i don't know and people always said that like aiming down sights and sprinting and everything like that would ruin halo but i think 343 found it you know a way to make those work yeah i don't Mm. think yeah i i think maybe that stuff was like I don't know. I think people may have latched on to things that weren't like the root cause of the problem, you know, mm-hmm. like because sprinting's in infinite and I don't think it really takes away from much like. So, yeah, I mean, why would you want know. to go slower? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's not like a lot to actually say about the multiplayer. It's just fun in a way that Halo. It, it's Halo multiplayer. I haven't had fun with. With, yeah. with bad free to play mechanics. Yeah, I would also say maybe another one of the bigger issues and like it, it's an issue right now, but maybe later down the road it won't be is the lack of content, lack of like game modes. Yeah, like, there's we don't not have a lot of, there's there's not not a lot do you have to wait for Krusty Sean to let you play Salmon Run? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it's not quite like that. It's especially now. I think they've changed it to where you can pick. You can more easily pick what you want to play really? than you could before. But yeah, I don't know when the last time you played was, Ryan, but... It's been a few weeks. Yeah, it, recently they added a thing where you can like pick Fiesta or like pick... Because um, Fiesta was like a seasonal thing, but then they added it into like as a game mode. Oh. And um, you, I think you can pick individually like Oddball and stuff. I'm pretty sure you can. I'm not... 100% certain, but they added more freedom to that system. But it's still kind of like there's not a lot of maps, there's not a lot of game modes. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that changes. Something else I want to say too is that 343's been pretty like, I mean, they've been transparent about this game's development and also they um, they seem to be like addressing issues that people have. It's like, you know, because like before, like the progression was a lot worse than what it is right now where it's like, oh yeah, you get like 50 EXP for uh, clearing, you know, for completing a match, but, like, now they did it to where it's like, oh, you cleared your first match, well, then here's 700 EXP. Oh, you cleared your second, here's 600, and you get less, like, the more you actually play. But it's better than how it was before, so, like, they're still, you know, it's it's good to know that they're listening and they're not, like, actively trying to make this as shitty as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Well, to, like, transition a bit into the campaign, maybe... I'm kind of shocked that I even like this game overall as much as I do, given that in terms of development hells, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if anybody's researched the development of this game, but it's like the like lead developer like left. Like I th- I th- I think it happened even a few times, maybe something that like just shook shook up the core development team many times, and the the like vision for it changed radically a lot. So. uh I'm kind of surprised that I even because it seems like a game that doesn't know what the fuck it even wants to do. But I guess what I'm saying is that I'm surprised it turned out to be a game I enjoyed. 
because like usually that just leads to disaster yeah cyberpunk yeah um but yeah the, the campaign let's it's time for the campaign which i'm very now. curious to hear your thoughts on exo because if i remember i think it was last year when we were doing these podcasts or the, yeah. the game of the year podcast I remember you saying something that, like, you know, open world games just typically aren't your yes. Um And yet, which from was, what I understand, you kind of like the campaign so far for this. Uh, I, I should note that I have finished it. I have beat the final okay. boss and saw the ending and everything. I haven't 100%ed it or anything. Um, and I should note for the folks at home keeping score that Halo 4 is probably my third favorite game in the series behind 2 and Combat Evolved. So I've never had a problem with 343 the way some other other people do, where it's like, they changed the art design. The game is ruined forever. They put sprinting in it. The game is ruined forever. The Scorpion looks different than it used to. The game is ruined forever. They changed the graphics in Halo CE Anniversary. Ruined forever. Like, I've never been one of those people. Like, I remember so, liking the campaign for 4. Yeah, I mean, like, personally, that is the only problem I have with 4, because, I, like I said, don't care about multiplayer. Don't give a fuck. Uh, I believe I, I I'm more inclined to believe you guys on that on that matter that it didn't feel like Halo and that they fucked things up. I think they did something like uh, in the Halo Four multiplayer, you had to pick a loadout right away instead yeah. of scavenging for weapons or something like that, and people didn't like that. Yeah, there's also like this less severe in Four, I think, but in Five especially, it was like the time to kill was a big deal because it made it feel like Call of Duty in a way, mm -hmm. like. Like, that was actually, like, felt like you would shoot somebody and they would just drop, like, a fucking rock, even with normal weapons. Whereas in, like, Halo, traditionally, it takes a while to kill somebody, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And... Yeah. So, they kind of, yeah, they kind of changed that. So, as far as... It's hard to know where to even start with the campaign. Like, I guess since Ryan brought up the open world, we could start there. Um, historically on this channel, I've not been yeah, yeah, a huge fan of open worlds. I think what Halo Infinite does well relative to something like, I know, Breath of the Wild, it's not really directly comparable, but it's like, people know that I'm not a huge fan of that game. A second playthrough made me enjoy it more and appreciate it more, but there's still stuff in it like Really, it was less the open world that was the problem for me and more the fact that there was nothing to do in it. Like, the only thing you could really do in Breath of the Wild was shrines and the, the main campaign, like the, the dungeons, the, the divine beasts. Like, everything else, like, there were, like, no real side quests worth a damn because all of the heart containers you get through the shrines. So, like, doing a side quest for, like, there, there isn't like a cuckoo hunt for like for Anju like there was in Ocarina or something like that. Everything I mean, is a shrine. something like that in Kakariko Village. But you get rupees for it, so it's yeah. pointless. There, there are much faster ways to earn rupees than that. Um, there were no real side quests, no real alternate characters worth giving a damn about. So pretty much the whole game just becomes shrine, 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 divine beast, and that was kind of it. Uh, and then there was, like, the durability system and the encumbrance system and, like, all of these systems that just served to make the game more tedious more than anything. The difference with Halo Infinite is, if you want to play it like a traditional linear Halo game, for the most part, you can just go from mission to mission to mission and just finish the game that way and have a relatively linear experience if that's what you want. 
like there are some parts where you're required to move through the open world and do a couple capture a couple fobs maybe but uh for the most part in the back half of the game you can just go mission to mission and nothing will really prevent you from doing that um and the parts that are required in the open world are generally more scripted um it kind of feels like i know a lot of people liked reach because the encounters were more open-ended supposedly i i only got as far as the part where you're flying around a spaceship a space fighter mm. shooting covenant ships and both of the times i tried to play reach it soft locked on me where i it put a checkpoint right when i died so i couldn't finish the level um that actually happened to me a few times in infinite really but what i learned is that is that if you die too quickly too many times after you respawn it takes you back to the last checkpoint before that checkpoint okay so like it recognizes that it has soft locked you and it resets itself so i was kind of impressed by that i was like i think because for a minute there i was like am i soft locked but then like it just reset the checkpoint after a while yeah uh i never ran into that in infinite personally uh but and that that's kind of a thing about infinite we can get into later but i i guess what i liked about the open world in this game is number one you could play it linearly if you want that's an option whereas with something like breath of the wild you can technically go straight for game yeah, you can but there's not a lot but there but really who the fuck would ever want to do that unless you're a speedrunner? uh you you'll get your ass yeah. kicked um and even then, like, if you just do the four divine beasts and then do that, you won't, you'll only have, like, what, like, seven hearts? N yeah, basically. So, like, and you, who knows what you'll have collected along the way. Like, I've never played the game that way. I'm sure there are people who have, who could tell me about that experience in the comments and maybe it's better than I expect, but I don't know. Uh, what I liked in Infinite was I feel like the weapon system from Halo like the fact that you have to scavenge for weapons instead of hoarding ammunition like in Far Cry or something yeah. um, mm -hmm. works surprisingly well in an open world more than I expected because it's like you're looking around for stuff and then oh and then you'll find like a camp that some UNSC yeah. person was sticking in then here's a sniper rifle and it's like oh awesome well, I that's a sniper thing rifle. about <laughs> the old games one of my favorite things was like in the level design finding where they hid like the sniper rifle or the rocket launcher because like if you look around for them you can find the power weapons yeah. you know and so in infinite it's like that but in the open world where like you could go honestly there's like outside of like capturing outposts or whatever the stuff that's on your map or like you kill a boss and get their unique weapon mm -hmm. that has like a modifier <laughs> yeah there's even just stuff where like if you go up a random cliff sometimes you can just find like a sniper rifle or a rocket launcher which like is a short-term bonus sure but like in the game it, you can immediately yeah. use that to go to an outpost you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's, it feels rewarding when you get that shit whereas like Breath of the Wild also had, like, Bokoblin outposts, but there was never any reason to do them, yeah. in my experience. Like, they existed. Like, in, in Halo Infinite, there are, like, banished facilities. They're marked as purple on the map. Like, Ransom Keep and the, the research facility yeah. on the other side of the ring. And it's like, there are these little missions, and they're pretty much the same in terms of, like, content, or, like, you blow up generators and destroy machinery that repair, like, tanks and stuff uh but you can also find like audio logs hidden around there 
each one of them is designed differently. There's there's usually a few mm. waves of enemies. Like it's somewhat repetitive as a core game loop, but I found that I found myself actually wanting to do them. Whereas the Bokoblin camps in Breath of the Wild, I never bothered with. Yeah, because well, I, they're not. It's not like there's going to be yeah. a piece of heart in there. They're all in the shrines. Well, it kind of has something that Breath of the Wild has to an extent, where Breath of the Wild has a lot of repetitive. At least I think has a lot of repetitive enemy encounters that were saved by the ability to do them in a much different way. And you see that in Infinite to a greater extent, because in Infinite, it's like more of a focus where like you can rock up to an outpost with like a battle rifle and a pistol if you want, or you can like fly in there with a banshee that you hijacked with a grapple hook, or like you can you can go find a rocket launcher on a mountain and go into it that way or like and especially because i'm playing on legendary it makes it like every outpost even though it's the same so far at least i'm i'm maybe like halfway through judging by the mission count um but so far it, it feels like every time you go to an outpost even though it's kind of like you're just fighting the same enemies but I mean, Halo does that anyway, even yeah. in the old games. You, yeah. you kind of just eventually are met with the There's same There's actually more variety arenas. in this game than there is in the others. Like, they brought back skirmishers, yeah. which, as yeah. far as I know, were in, like, one level of Halo Reach and never appeared again. I think it's just that kind of freedom to approach. The reason I love it so much is that there's just a, f like, it has that freedom of approach where you can you can do anything, you can do approach is the word i'm looking for approach any of the outposts in virtually any way based on how you explore the open world like you can bring in marines if you want like in a warthog or you can just snipe people from afar or you can i don't know it's really interesting how halo works in an open world that i never really envisioned it would work like this but it actually kind yeah. of feels natural to me there's also and i think i want to bring back the grappling talk about the grappling hook again because another major problem I had with Breath of the Wild is that it takes forever to get anywhere, especially if mm -hmm. it's vertical. Like, everybody praises the climbing, and I have no idea why, because it's slow and boring, and the stamina completely ruins it. Like, the stamina system in that game is fucking terrible. Um, Halo Infinite, unlimited stamina, you can run for as long as you want. You can combine that with the grappling hook to move really fast. You can... Uh, when at your fobs, you can spawn a warthog or a mongoose. I think later you can even get those weird flying things from Halo 3. Uh, yeah. So it's like you have so many options for how you want to explore op the open world, and all of them are faster than just walking. Well, yeah, you can like on the sometimes at the top of a mountain, and I like grapple onto a tree, and if you hold the the slide button when you hit the ground on like the elevation that's going downhill you go like faster than i've ever seen in like any halo game it's kind of crazy the speed at which you can go if you really work for it yeah and it's like you you praised the the grappling hook a lot for the multiplayer but like for combat encounters as well it gives you a faster way to pick up items from a distance like you can pick up guns yeah. with the grapple shot you can use it to dodge projectiles if you're good enough with it. You can use it to quickly transition to upper levels and completely outmaneuver your opponents and yeah. kite them. 
Like there's it's it's one of those mechanics that doesn't feel arbitrarily stapled on. It feels like it changes the core gameplay in a good way and in a way that we're like going back to play some of the older games again. I'm going to miss the grapple shot. Yeah, which is which is the sign that it, that it adds a lot and it's it was worth introducing. So, um, I what I will say, because like the open world is generally really fun and I liked looking for Spartan cores and stuff and audio logs and trying to piece together what the fuck even happened between five and this game because they don't explain it <laughs> out the gate. The game just starts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the, if I had any criticisms of the Spartan core system where like you collect cores in the overworld and you can upgrade some of your stats like you get equipment and stuff and the grapple shots obviously the one you start with but you get like a threat sensor which is good for as counterplay against uh, cloaked elites you no. um, you get like a drop wall which I never used and a, a thruster that if you upgrade it all the way you can cloak yourself for a bit afterwards which was very useful in the final boss um, and a couple other places but it's one of those things where they have so many cores in the game that I was fully upgraded like halfway through and then there's just like 50 mm -hmm. other cores left that I can't do anything with. I don't know if that's something where like supposedly the way that this game is going to work is it's going to be like Destiny where every year or so they release a new expansion for it. That'd be um, very strange. Really? <laughs> that's hmm. I don't know how I feel that's about weird. that. Well, it's like the the actual the the vanilla campaign is a complete story. Um, it's, it is. It feels yes. good. Like it's a okay. It it ends satisfactorily enough, and it and but it still has a cliffhanger where it's like, okay, I can see where this would go next. Um, and there are a couple of loose ends left over, and it's like you only explore a small chunk of this ring. Well, by the yeah, end, that, that, yeah, that's the thing is that like if they make expansions, they better. <laughs> They better take advantage of new locations. Yeah, like even if it's I, on the same ring. Like, I don't want to see these fucking trees anymore. Like, Jesus Christ. It's like you're playing fucking that level from Combat Evolved, except it's an open world. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> a level that's literally called Halo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, my guess is that the next one might be the desert part of the ring. And then yeah, the other one might yeah, be the snow I definitely, part. Definitely. Yeah. I hope they do that because that'd actually be pretty cool. I'd be into that. Mm, it's sort of like an excuse for because it's not like a small open world because that's another thing I liked about it is that like I'm not sure exactly how big it is compared to something like Skyrim or Breath of the Wild or anything but it didn't feel like it was so big that it became a problem and yeah. e each of the areas are kind of chunked. So it's not like it just it's not like Breath of the Wild where it's like one continuous square of nonstop stuff. Like the fact that it's broken up into chunks makes it a little more digestible, I guess. There are cores to find, there are cosmetics for the multiplayer to find, there are hidden weapons and stuff, there are high value targets that when you beat them you get a modified version of a weapon that's better. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things, is when you go you go like hunt down like a mini boss basically that has a weapon that is modified to work differently. So, like, there's a... What's a good example? I don't have one offhand. Um, there's, like, a... I remember I got a... That, you know that gun that shoots electricity into vehicles and it, like, stops them? It's uh, like a pistol, the basically. The shock cannon? 
Yeah. Well, it's like the pistol thing that shoots electricity bolts. It's, I don't know it's what it's called. It's the D but... something, like disperser. Yeah. Distressor. Well, there's one of those that's that's modified disruptor. in a way that... Yeah, disruptor. There's one that's, I think, modified in a way that's like where it's stronger, where like you don't have to shoot as many of them to like stop vehicles or stuff. Actually, no, I just thought of one. I thought of one that's immediately easy as an example. There's a modified skewer which is basically like a brute sniper rifle that doesn't mm-hmm. it's um just the only reliable way the, to kill hunters thing, in this game yeah well you could do what i did and sit on top of a installation with a battle rifle from afar and shoot them in the head a bunch because i'm out of their shooting range but uh, that's <laughs> uh it might take you a hundred bullets for that to work but well, it did but it worked <laughs> um the skewer base there's an alternate skewer that when you shoot someone it will explode including if you shoot the ground so there's like a bunch of weapons like that that you get as a reward for beating a boss that uses that weapon which is really fucking cool because you're fighting a boss that has like a unique weapon that you get to learn about as you fight them especially on legendary uh and then once you beat them once you beat them you get their weapon and you can spawn it at your bases that you unlock so you always have access to that so you it's just really cool you build up this arsenal for exploring that you can like access whenever and then enter an outpost with like a cool loadout if you want i don't know it's just i really like i'm surprised by how much i'm enjoying it honestly Mm -hmm. it's Um... really cool if I I have a few critiques of the campaign, which I did enjoy overall, Kincaid knows what one of them is because I've complained about mm-hmm. it before. Uh, but I think I'll start with the fact that the more linear parts of Halo Infinite, where it's more like a traditional campaign mission, like the yeah. the very the first two levels were pretty good as far as Halo standards, but the later ones, especially. Where you like go underground into a forerunner facility. They reminded me of a lot of like the library or yeah. assaults on the control. I'm, room. Already, I'm not even that far. And I'm already kind of getting the vibe of like that. When you, whenever you go into a level, you're like in the same, it almost looks like the same place. And you're just underground somewhere in like a. In yes. Like, it does feel like the library, just without the flood. As far as I know, yeah. I don't know if the floods in the fucking game, but uh, I, I, I won't spoil anything. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, and it's like the problem with the library and the salt in the control room is that you keep going to a bunch of samey rooms over and over again yeah. that they remix very slightly. And I was more okay with it in Halo One. Um, even though it's probably worse honestly as far as that flaw goes because that game was kind of rushed and i like the story so much it makes it a little easier to swallow that but it's like you're going around these beautifully designed open world encounters that are really engaging and then the actual missions are you go underground and go through the same five rooms over and over again and they two of the missions might as well be in the same place actually three or four of them it's like one of the later ones is a repeat of the second one which is sort of like it really does feel like halo one in that way um 
Or actually, before you talk about what you're about to talk about, because I think okay. I know, um, <laughs> I do want to say that my, I think my biggest problem with the game so far is actually its story. Um, because it's not like egregiously bad or anything, but it's also not really doing anything for me at all. Um, so whereabouts are you exactly? Like, what was the last boss you beat? Um, was it Gravity Hammer Man? No, uh, it was like, uh, how do I explain this? It was a floating orb in a big mech. Okay, so the, um, the fourth boss, okay. Um, yeah. So you have not gotten to that part yet, which is where the story starts to spread its wings a little bit. Because uh -huh. my guess is that you're not a big fan of 216. Oh, I know yeah, his well, real name because they tell you it at the end of the game. I actually, uh, I like, I kind of like him, but not like, I, I think that a few, he it lays it on a little thick what his character is. There, there is a, a kind of get like the point pretty fast. Yeah, and I guess he's a little grating, but I, I, I kind of like him. That's not my problem with the story. Currently, my problem actually is um, the AI that you get, who I find their dialogue to be a little, uh, what's the word, uh, annoying. <laughs> um, would, would the term, it's not even necessary. Would the term Whedon-esque work? Yes, actually, uh, it, it is okay. exactly like that. It is like she constantly talks to you. And she always says the most, like, it's just getting really grating, and I, I don't want her to talk to me anymore. <laughs> like, there's just something about them that just really irritates me. I don't know. Is it the same reason you don't like Morgana? Just curious. Um, no. Okay. Morgana, I don't like because of their, like, there are other reasons I don't like Morgana. I think this is more like uh, why I don't like some of the dialogue and you know like quippy dialogue that's like really really frequent it's kind of like this in some of the ratchet games like in a marvel games. movie uh well i the marvel movies actually don't bother me that much i think it's not necessarily like that it's more like uh it is kind of like that but i think the frequency of them is what's getting to me because i don't mind lines like that every once in a while where it's like jokey punny like, haha, I'm going to lighten the mood. But the thing about this AI that you have is that she talks, like, all the time. And it's almost, like, it's just, I just remember in the old Halo games, people were always talking to you. But it wasn't, like, it didn't feel like every five seconds somebody was talking to you. And it also didn't feel like they were trying to make a joke every time, you know, like. So it, it kind of is getting on my nerves a little bit and it's not really like a big deal because the game's still fun, but I don't know. I'm more interested in like the thing I'm most interested in is the Master Chief being like, it's interesting because he's kind of like really, really jaded now. Whereas like in the previous games, he was always like stoic and kind of badass, but he he'd like in this game, there's actually a cutscene I really liked where um, 
the AI. What is this thing's name? Do you the know? Weapon. So yeah, the weapon. Okay, there, uh, is, the there weapon. is a reveal. Basically, later on, but yeah, we'll call her the weapon. Mm-hmm. I kind of call her fake Cortana because I don't know what else, but like, <laughs> I actually I didn't know if that was like a, you I might don't know. be more right than you think. Um, but basically, she was like, so they were going away from, they were flying away from something, and they were looking at the the ring, and she was like, "Wow, that looks beautiful," and the chief was like, "Yeah, to some," and I thought that was a really really cool cutscene because it was like. After all the shit that the Master Chief has seen, it's it's like an interesting duality. Because yeah, I think that the Halo rings are like really cool looking, but also they're like weapons of mass destruction that he's had to deal with for like years, you know, like of his life. So it's like a really cool. There's like a I I know why they've made Fake Cortana so like exuberant and like so because that she's supposed to contrast off of Master Chief, who's like really really jaded. Um. But I think it's just a little too grating. I don't know. It's not like the story's not like bad, but it's also not like great. You know, I'm kind of at that point with it. So I'm interested to see where it goes, <laughs> I guess. So I will agree to you that there are, there are some subtleties to the way that the original five games were written that 343 just can't seem to replicate. I'm not like one of those Mm. people who are like, they wrote it wrong and it's too emotional, ruined forever or anything, but it's more like, there was like, there there was like a witty banter to the original games, like when, I don't know, uh, the part where Fohammer drops off a warthog and goes, you know our motto, we deliver. Like, there was a lot of really memorable lines in those games for like, Johnson's just like, oh, I know what the ladies like. Well, they're the, even in the loading screens of Infinite, yes, they have quotes I was from a series that. like that. And that's always a constant reminder that, like, the dialogue in this game, I wouldn't describe as bad, but it's not as, like, memorable. And maybe it's because I have nostalgia for Halo. I don't know. But, like, I don't have nostalgia I feel like, for Halo, and I agree with you. So Yeah. So I think it's just that. Because I don't even think it's bad, necessarily. It's just kind of getting annoying. And it's not as, like, impactful, maybe. But I'm not done with it, so I don't know. Maybe it goes somewhere. I don't really agree with with your assessment on the weapon that she's too quippy. Like, uh, her characterization seems more, like, lighthearted. I guess maybe quippy is the wrong word. Because, like, word. the original Cortana was quippy, in my opinion. Yeah. Where she was really sarcastic. Well, see, I didn't find... I never... I have never found Cortana annoying. I ha- I don't either. So, there's so. something... There's something about this character that is annoying me. I don't really know what it is specifically, but it's kind of getting on my nerves. So, I don't know. Which is funny, because you'd think that the pilot would, because the pilot is a little bit like... Every time he talks to you, he's like, I don't want to be here. And it's like, okay, I understand. Like, <laughs> but I kind of, I don't know. I kind of found him a bit endearing because it is kind of like, I, I guess it is kind of relatable in a way where I'm like, if I don't think I'd want to be working with the Master there, Chief either. There is a, a reveal <laughs> later on that makes that character make a lot more sense um yeah in a, in a pretty good scene like as because it's like these these three four three games are way more emotional than the original games were 
Like they, no. it's not like they didn't have their emotional moments, but like I said, the game, the dialogue was generally pretty quippy, even in fairly serious situations. They yeah. didn't want to take things seriously, but there was still like, you know, the when Chief rescues Cortana in the level Cortana, it's not like super grand emotional, and there weren't like pianos playing in the background. There might have been, but it wasn't yeah. like. Oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah. I love Halo, I, I, well, I wouldn't say I love Halo 4, but I, I, I really enjoyed the story in that game, because it focuses so much on the relationship between Chief and Cortana, uh, I thought it mm-hmm. worked in the context of that specific story, but it's like, 5 is just so sweeping and emotional, and then this game has a lot of that too, um, there's just something subtle about the way that the old games were written that they just can't seem to latch onto, they seem to wants to be like hollywood movies in terms of Mm -hmm. like the the way that the emotional parts are played whereas like the old games weren't really concerned with that they just they just wrote dialogue that they thought sounded cool (laughs) it worked so yeah well i think it's also like trying to compare because i actually think that um halo reach did a lot of emotional stuff pretty well um compared to like the previous games that came before it um so i guess even compared to like something like reach um it's just not really hitting me i don't know uh if i have any strong criticisms of the story myself it would be the fact that like i know that nobody liked five so they kind of have to sweep it under the rug and try to move on and i Mm-hmm. I think they did that about as well as they realistically could have. Like, the way that they set it up, you don't have to have played 5 to understand what's going on, which is probably to its benefit. But it also yeah. feels like they're kind of kowtowing to some of the more malicious fan complaints. Like, for example... Uh, yeah, it probably feels... Yeah, so, like, basically it feels like an overcorrection is what you're saying, maybe? Like, Halo 4 introduced the Spartan Force, which, you mm-hmm. know, like, as a... Like, I know that you complained about the way that Palmer was written in 4, Ryan, before, but it was, like, as an idea of them... Ha- there being more Spartans and stuff, fine idea. No problems with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then you play Infinite, and they all died off screen. Did they die off screen? Because yeah. <laughs> I thought they... I thought that, um, like, the ones that were introduced to, like, in Halo 4 and some of the people in Halo 5, they're just, like, sent off on their own, uh, they're sent off on, the, like, their own missions or whatever. The, that might, because, like, you can find I, Spartan I, audio logs in the game where it's like, uh-huh. we're going to infiltrate this facility and figure out well, why. What he more so means is that the Spartans are in, the Spartans in Infinite all pretty much die before you do anything with, you know. Before like, you oh. pick up the controller. Yeah. Oh, but it's not like the control or the controllers. It's not the characters from four and five, right? Um, I don't unless if I I don't remember what their names were, except for Jameson Locke is the thing and Sarah Palmer. Sarah Palmer. I don't think any of them were in the game. Okay. Because I would have people probably would have been talking about that. Yeah. I don't think any of them are like. So I don't really think that's too bad. I mean, it's kind of shitty because it would have been cool to see more Spartans, but. Um, I mean, as, like, if people like Locke or whatever, like, if they're not dead, dead, then I don't think that's, like, too malicious. Like, the... Because the thing is, is that I don't know if, like, Jameson Locke or Sarah Palmer are dead as of this point. You never find their bodies or anything. 
because you do find a few uh, dead Spartans and that's sort of to set up some of the bosses, um, which was fine. It's just the fact that what that kind of choice represented, I think what they were trying to do was like, you're the, you're the only Spartan left on this ring and you're the only hope of saving the day. It just sort of escalate mm. the tension and like I said, build up some of the boss fights. That's fine. It just, I get kind of the sneaking vibe that part of the reason they did it is because people were complaining about 4 and 5 and they wanted to sort of restart. And, and if that's true, that, that does kind of rub me the wrong way because there was nothing wrong with the Infinity existing or there being more new Spartans, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Buck, because yeah, he's cool. I, I <laughs> will say yeah, that Buck I deserves personally, good things. <clears throat> I personally don't prefer that approach, but I also don't think there's anything wrong with it inherently. It's just not something that I tend to... I think I preferred when the Master Chief was more of a like almost extinct thing. But I also don't think it was a wrong thing for them to do that in four going forward to introduce more Spartans. Well, what was like, worse in five was when they arbitrarily decided that there were three other Spartan twos still alive that they never mentioned at any point. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, at first I thought what the reveal was going to be is that all of those people were dead and the chief was just seeing things. But no, they, they really exist. Mm. And, um, yeah. So that, that to me is worse. Uh, the fact that they made Spartan fours and they look and act differently than the chief does worked for me because it was supposed to be like he is yeah. the last of that breed. That's, that's helped because I, I guess what I'm basically saying is that this like that's probably what I would have done too if I was making Halo four because that seems like the only logical way to move the story forward. Like that's interesting, but I also I guess what I'm more so saying is that I always preferred the idea that the master chief is like a relic well it kind of works too with the new spartans but um i guess having him be like such a dominant force but like also the last of his kind in a way was always really intriguing Mm -hmm. but i do i do like seeing more spartans and learning more about how they were made and stuff and stuff Mm -hmm. with halsey whatever i think that's interesting why are they still letting because like at the start of halo 4 she was in prison yeah. And then in Halo 5, yeah. she's hanging around with Julum Dama. And then at the beginning of this game, she, they still have her around, even though she's a bitch and nobody yeah. likes her. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of... Yeah, I think it's all... I kind of agree that it's... Every Spartan that I've seen in this game, I, either you, you see them and then they die immediately or they're already dead. And it's kind of like... Yeah. It's kind of does feel like an overcorrection there. And the story direction from Halo 5 was dumb. Just the, just the idea of Cortana being the villain, even bringing her back <laughs> at all, yep. completely ruins yeah. the end of 4, <laughs> which I thought was great. Like, the fact that she completely sacrificed herself for Chief and that he shows, like, no direct emotional vulnerability. He doesn't cry or anything, but it's just, like, you just have that lonely shot of him on the Infinity Bridge looking out the window. And then the, yeah. the remix of Never Forget shows up. You know, it's... They're well, that's the kind of stuff that makes him interesting and infinite. But then I also remember that 5 happened, and it's like... <laughs> 
that because it's I really, really like the direction of making Chief a bit more like without Cortana. He's more jaded. He's more cutthroat. He's more like blunt. I mean, he's always been blunt, but like Cortana was always like a humanizing element for him, at least like yeah. something to equalize him. And it, it's easy to see an in infinite that without him, without her, um, he's a much more ruthless individual. But then it's also like you got to think that you had to get there from five, which is just five is really interesting video game. <laughs> I, very it's also interesting really way that that bad. turned out. <laughs> <sighs> like it had a few good things. That, like it had a uh, few good things in it. Let's be fair. Like yeah, the fact like, that you like go to Saint Helios. He, I thought I liked Locke a lot. I like his idea, like for a character, yeah. and like his little cutscene in uh, the Halo Two remake was really cool. But they just don't do anything cool with it. <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, that, that makes something... Like, if, if what you're saying is true and that they kind of treat Halo Infinite like, uh, like Destiny, we get, like, different expansions and shit like that, it'd be cool if we can get, like, different... Uh, A Buck like, campaigns game. with, like, different characters, like with Buck or, uh, or Locke. Yeah. Buck. No, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Or what? I'm still surprised they made Buck into a fucking. You know what? No, it makes fuck sense it. If, to they me. if if they wanted to go well, hard, I, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I just am surprised that they did it. If they wanted to go all, fucking hard, you know? they should bring back June from Reach. Mm. Oh, he, yeah. He's the one what? guy who fucking lived. Well, what the fuck ever happened to June? He lived. Like, where did he go? He escaped. Well, I know he lived, but like, where did he go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 They're gonna bring back and make him the new villain. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's totally gonna happen. Uh, uh, okay, so real problem I had with the game, which we've been building up for long enough. This game has bosses in it. Um, apparently, these people played Halo 2 on Legendary and thought to themselves, this was a good idea and we should try it again. And so they did. Yeah. Um... And what I will say is, like I said, I played on Legendary out of the gate, which maybe I shouldn't have done. Most of the game is perfectly playable, though, in Legendary and still, like, engaging in a way that Legendary always has been, where it's like, it's frustrating, but it's the kind of thing where you get to try again, like, the checkpoints are good enough for, yeah. like, okay, now I know the strategy I need to take this out, and it's just, like, it's always engaging to do that. That's why Legendary is, like... The way to play. Yeah, that's these why games. I can't play Halo below Legendary anymore. It just doesn't feel right. So, like most of the game is fine, but these bosses, they all have giant <laughs> shields. They all have the most ridiculously long health bars imaginable. Most of them do not have checkpoints in between, so you have to do the whole thing in one go. Um, you're not allowed to leave the boss once it starts and go get better weapons. You're you're locked in. And depending on how the game has been saving or checkpointing, if you reload your save to try to get a better weapon and come in with that, you might have to redo the entire mission. So, yeah. so then the bosses start, and they most of them can kill you in a second on Legendary. Like, maybe two seconds. Depending on how much yeah. you've upgraded your shield, how good your grapple shot is. If you is, are not what, moving, if you are not moving at all times, you will die. Like, it's just how it is so pretty much whenever you fight these bosses you need to come in with some kind of plasma weapon to drain their shields and then maybe like a skewer or a needler to deplete their health quickly and if you don't do mm. that 
you will get your ass kicked because the, in the time it takes for you to actually find the weapons you need that might damage them better, they'll have already killed you <laughs> and mm. you might die over and over again. There's one boss that has a gravity hammer, which she, well, technically there are two of them, but this, this one has a battle, uh, uh, gravity hammer for the entire fight. And gravity hammer brutes in infinite are the fucking worst thing ever. Because they can lunge halfway across the map. And I'm not kidding about this. <laughs> they, can, they can jump like 30 feet and hit you in like a second. Yeah. And it's like, unless if you're in a, an arbitrary part of the level design where the game decides that they can't do that. And, and you stand around too long, they can just instant kill you. And the third boss has, has this. He has a giant shield. He has a giant health bar. And I swear to God, he's impossible. And I know that you're going to disagree with me, King, because somehow you managed to do it in three <laughs> tries and I hate you. But <laughs> like I had to go, I had to downgrade to heroic to beat that boss because it was just ridiculous. And then afterwards, you get to the fourth boss and he's way better. Like the one that you were talking about earlier, the one that has like the arms. And I you- was actually surprised by how easy because I did that first try and I was like, what the hell? Like, because <laughs> it's like he can it was kill like- you quickly. But if you use the cover correctly, then, you know, like it's completely fair. And like as a Halo player, yeah. I am more of a long range player. Like I prefer my mm-hmm. battle rifle and to just headshot people from a distance. That's just what I like. And especially on legendary where enemies can kill you very quickly if you go up close. The game is basically conditioning you to be a long-range player. Um, Whereas all of these bosses, they lock you in a tiny room. You might have like a couple of places you can sort of hide in. Um, And it's like even from the first boss, there's like two floors. So you can sort of have a chance to rest. But like finding them long-range is not viable. Finding them close-range will get you killed immediately. Finding them medium-range, you might get killed in 10 seconds. It's just the balancing for these fights was just wrong and the only thing that felt like it was really designed like a boss fight was the the mech with the four arms and Asherum in the final boss like there, mm. there's another bot there's one boss you fight in the open world that I actually liked a lot more because you had unlike um, the brute gravity hammer man you have way more room to to walk around you can scavenge weapons easily you can take cover and replenish your shields um and you can you can hijack their vehicles you can destroy their like you just have more agency over how you want the fight to progress and it's easier to like back out of the fight and kind of recharge yourself and sort of go back in um and in the meanwhile there are other enemies and stuff around and so it's still challenging yeah. uh whereas something like gravity hammer man you have an enemy that can kill you in five seconds and can lunge from halfway across the room, but you fight it in this tiny little hallway. There's like a little part with stairs, but geez, it's like, it was terrible. Um, and what I liked about... Well, I actually think the bosses work better in the open world. I'll agree with you there. Like, I think it's... I personally find it fun, even when in the enclosed spaces. But I'm a known masochist, so you don't have to listen to me. Um, um, but in the open world, I remember I was fighting, uh, what was it? They, they give you like two brutes bosses yes. that you fight at the same time. Oh, so you have, in the you open have world. found that. Yeah. I've gotten to that part. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's the fifth um, boss after, and that comes after the, mech. oh, 
Well, I just thought those were like they didn't hype them up, so I just thought they were like mini bosses or something. Um, but those I actually thought that fight was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, because of the things you mentioned, you can kind of go around find like it still took me a while because it's a hard boss, but I like going around looking for like the sniper or like just trying. Trying to figure out a way to deal with both of them at the same time was really interesting and hard and challenging, but in a way that I've always liked Halo being. Yeah. That uh, is fundamentally different than the ones that lock you in the room <laughs> where your options are limited. And I like that, but it's not... I think it's better when they're in the open world than when you're in like a building or something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um... I don't want to spoil too much, but the the Eshram boss, like obviously you're gonna fight him. Uh, mm -hmm. That that was a highlight of the game, probably the best boss in the game, <clears throat> um, because they built him up so much to that encounter, mm -hmm. and it's actually designed like a boss with phases, and it has checkpoints in it, so you don't have to redo the entire fucking thing if you die. Um, and it's like. It's it's kind of interesting how he's like the only Halo villain that has a final boss besides arguably Tartarus, um, maybe mm. Spark, because it's like you never get to fight the Prophet of Truth for some reason. He just dies, uh, yeah, uh, which is kind of a lame ending to that plot and one of the reasons I don't like the plot in Halo 3 that much because it's lame. And all Whoa. the interesting stuff happened in 2. So it's kind Whoa. of wrapping it up. Um, but Halo 3 is the GOAT. See, it's kind of hard for me to consider the trilogy separately. Like, I can. Halo 2 is like probably still my favorite, but I've always liked it as one big story. Which is why, if Infinite wants to do something like that, then I'm kind of fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, uh, I, en I enjoyed the Halo Infinite. Uh, it's, I I'm not sure where the hell I'd even rank it, but I'd rather replay it than five ODST or Reach, which I still haven't even finished. So, you like that voted. Yeah, I, I, d I don't know what you see in that game, man. <laughs> wow. You really wound me. What game? Reach. Oh. Well, I love Reach, so... <laughs> yeah, thank you, King. Please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all our podcasts. This podcast was edited by yours truly, ExoParadigm Gamer. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast, and we'll see you all next time.